This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, the gold sheet. Action expert. Yes, indeed. Huh? Yip, yip, with, with, with all those towns, huh, Bruce? I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, nothing like it. Last night, last night, uh, the Wednesday night, was day 14 of 27 straight days of football. Thanks to Maction. Now we'll get a little fun belt up later as well. But Bruce, uh, four and two uh, this week. Two and one on Tuesday. Two and one on Wednesday. Three and one last week. Seven and three. Seventy percent for Maction. So well done, sir. I just wish they didn't wait till November, you know, to, to start Maction. I wish we could have started this back in October. But let's enjoy it while we can. We got one more week uh, next week, and they'll be back. Uh, Thanksgiving after that, but uh, it's fun while it goes on. I like these uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night games. That's good. Let, let, let's get right to it and uh, some of the uh, the, uh, the headliner games we have. Let's start with number one uh, in the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs, again, um, you know, you get their attention. Uh, they're, they're pretty damn good. Um, and they, um, they took care of Oregon uh, to start the year. Uh, they were well-tuned. Uh, Kirby kind of took his uh, foot off the gas. It could have been worse. That 14-point margin is no indication of how badly uh, they beat Tennessee. But then you've had games where they've kind of sleptwalked. And Missouri, down double digits in the fourth quarter. Kent State, uh, way too tight at home. We saw the match, and it's, it uh, should not compare. 6 o'clock ESPN on the road in Starkville, I need more cowbell. State is much better at home than they are on the road. He is a lot of talk about LSU following up an emotional win. Notre Dame following up an emotional win. Georgia, tricky spot here, 17, 15, 53 and a half in Starkville. Yeah, I think it's a very tricky spot, uh, uh, Jimmy. And uh, this reminds me a little bit more of the Missouri game, <clears throat> maybe than those other games where they have been able to pick up the pace, uh, the Georgia, the uh, Oregon game, like you mentioned, Tennessee last week. I mean, they look like they could beat anybody in the country in that game last week. But this is going to be a little bit different because because Leach's offense runs things a little bit differently than Hypo's spread. And, I, and I'm not saying it's a better offense; it's just different the way they do it. And it's Rogers getting the getting rid of the ball very quickly, and that's what the Leach uh, the Leach spread is all about. And Mississippi State's defense is not all that bad. And I know I, I like Stetson Bennett, and I like the way the runners have stepped up this year for uh, for uh, for Kirby. But this is a this is a competitive defense, and and even though Mississippi State hasn't stepped up against Bama, uh, and they lost big a couple of weeks ago to the Tide, they're well capable of playing, giving Georgia a little bit of a fight. And and that letdown thing, you know that that might come into play here. Uh, Leach at home, he's only dropped two of his last eight spread decisions here in Starkville. 
so I think there's a there's a chance this is going to be uh, a little bit more interesting than people think. 27-19, my score forecast here for Georgia. I think they're going to have a little battle on their hands here, and Mississippi State's going to chase them all the way to the end. 6 o'clock on ESPN, uh, at 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern uh, on ESPN, 6 o'clock local time in Starkville. I like Mississippi State uh, as well. And uh, for the uh, sort of the spots that I have uh, that I have uh, highlighted, I mean, they just, uh, you know, they, 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 they don't fear State uh, coming in. So I like Mississippi State much better at home. And even in that narrow win against Auburn, that thing was razor thin, razor close to being a blowout. And then Cadillac started rushing for more yardage, and uh, his team up and down the sidelines got them all uh, excited. But still, um, the uh, state has been much better uh, at home. How about the Tulane Greenies? 12-team playoff, they're in with the proposed format that may go, come into play in a couple of years. 2.30 afternoon local time, Uptown New Orleans, 3.30 Eastern on uh, ESPN2. Central Florida with a nice win, a couple of nice wins. Come from behind win against Cincinnati. Tight game at Memphis. And now they come into Tulane. The Greenies and Willie Fritz, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, uh, and we'll see here uh, what, what Gus is going to do at quarterback. He's had Now, Mikey Keene has played, has started last year, and he's had to play some the last couple of weeks. And, and he's got Plumlee as well, who he'd like to use here. He would like Plumlee to be at uh, the Ole Miss transfer to be at, at full strength. But I'll tell you, Willie Fritz, um, you know, last year, uh, they they kind of went off the radar last year. And we know what happened after Hurricane Ida, and they got displaced, and they had some internal problems. And, and last year turned into a mess. Before Ida last year, they did go into Oklahoma, which at that point was ranked in the top five, I think. And they, they chased Oklahoma right to the last minute, made a nice run in the second half, only lost by six before things kind of fell apart. But at the end of last season, Tulane started to play a little bit better, and that suggested that Willie Fritz did have this thing under control. He did make a few staff changes in the offseason. But uh, I, I think he's in the mix for uh, Coach of the Year consideration yeah. here. Look look at what happened with uh, in the Kansas State game. That doesn't look – tell us how that win looks now. That is a good, good win. Uh, Pratt's been a very, uh, very solid at, at quarterback. The, the running game has worked well. The defense is fine. And they are here at home against a UCF. I think – Willie Fritz gets them, and uh, if there was a 12-team playoff this year, you know, they, they could be in it. And uh, they the, the Kansas State result earlier suggests they may give one of those big teams some trouble. Anyway, it's just UCF this week, 37-27, Greenies. So I think this keeps going for Willie Fritz. I think they're the team to beat in the American. All right, uh, we move on now. A 7 o'clock Eastern kickoff. Uh, what a setting for this one, man. Uh, four, uh, 4 o'clock local time uh, in Eugene, Oregon with the daylight savings time. Kind of watch the sunset. Maybe nice. I, I get uh, sentimental on you, Bruce. But a battle of match uh, ranked uh, teams here as Washington comes in. After that hot start, they've kind of cooled off. Now they stay 7-2 and two coming in, ranked against number 6, Oregon. This is a, a, a 7 Eastern uh, kickoff on Fox and Oregon, 13 and a half and 73. Bo Nix, keep him away from the SEC, and he is dynamite. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of hate in this rivalry up there. This is an old rivalry, and it's it's very yeah. bitter border war up there. And at one point, back in quick history here, 1973, uh, Oregon won this game 58 to nothing in Eugene. That was one of Jim Mullen's worst teams. The next year, Owens got him back and then some 66 to nothing. 
Huskies the next year. So what's that? 124 point swing <laughs> in two years. So I, I mean, so the, the the blood boils in, in in this one. We mentioned the Huskies there, backing up a little bit. Uh, I think Washington is is an example of a team, and there's there's a few others out there uh, where the the point spread started to adjust almost to Washington's detriment early in the season. They had that very quick start. They were out undefeated through September. They went into UCLA laying points, which they probably shouldn't have, and they lost. And then that kind of fluky game at Arizona State. But uh, the oddsmakers sort of elevated Washington, Washington early on this season, and they haven't been getting the break against the number as much lately. Uh, and that's why they haven't covered a game since the end of September. But they're still just as good as they were then. And Penix is putting up tremendous numbers this year for the Huskies, and we know about his history with the board from, from Indiana and all that. Now, Oregon, of course, Bo Nix has looked super since once he got away from Georgia. I mean, I, I didn't think he'd look this good. Kenny Dillingham, his offensive coordinator, who had been with him at, at uh, Auburn, is being mentioned for some of these head coaching jobs. And, of course, Dan Lanning looks like a really good hire right now. I think I, I'm a little leery to go against Oregon. But given the, both these offenses here, this total in the low 70s, Jimmy, I don't think it's high enough. I could see these teams going back and forth and scoring a lot. Yep. and uh, really blowing past that over sometime late in the third or early in the fourth quarter. 45-36, my score forecast here. So I think Washington does chase this game pretty good. But over is my first thought. You've got a lot of offense, established quarterbacks both ways. They're both hot right now. They're both popping. And I think this one easily clears the uh, total in Eugene. Yeah, Washington's point spread value uh, got uh, exaggerated there because they beat Michigan State, and Michigan State at that time was ranked number 11. Right. They're not quite the 11th best team no. in the country. <laughs> so uh, don't, don't worry about that. Um, did have a nice win, though, uh, at uh, Champaign, though, um, on Saturday yeah. uh, with eight guys suspended. I was impressed uh, on that one. How about Liberty? Goes into Fayetteville and wins. How about Hugh Freeze, man? What a job he has done. And now he follows it up without uh, Malik Willis, who is uh, quarterbacking for the Tennessee Titans right now. Uh, they held on. Boy, it was so close. Didn't have a great uh, view of the replay on that two-point conversion as Arkansas tried to put it into uh, overtime. Liberty is 14-and-a-half over UConn. UConn, how about this, Jim Moore Jr. talking about coaching jobs. He won't get any awards, but uh, he's getting awards in the, at the gold sheet in handicapping outlets, 8-2 and two ATS against the spread. Yeah, here, here's one of these, um, and we'll get to another one of these teams later uh, in the segment here, but uh, UConn's one of these situations where if you're in a position like UConn was, desperate after after last season, and that, that whole thing didn't work uh, with, with Edsel coming back and all, you know, find a coach who has, has won somewhere in the past and uh, who, has an, uh, who, who has done this before. Instead of hiring some you know, young assistant, up and comer, never been a head coach. Occasionally, that works. Uh, I, I look at the example of UMass a couple of years ago bringing Walt Bell up from Florida State. He wasn't ready. Mora comes in here with some real chops. I mean, he has won in the NFL. Uh, he's got teams to the playoffs when he's with Atlanta. Um, and he's won at UCLA. These are high-profile jobs he's had in the past. He still wants to coach, and he is doing a very nice job here. Uh, he's doing a very nice job with UConn. And they, they're playing a little bit differently this year. They like to run the football a lot. And Zion Turner, their young quarterback, is executing very conservative offense, but just the way Moore wants. And their defense isn't all that bad. We talk about letdowns. We talked about Georgia a second ago. 
I wonder if Liberty might have a little bit of a letdown here. Now, this would fit. You go into the SEC, Hugh Freeze, man, sort of his audition for the Auburn job, but that's big for Liberty to go into an SEC and win. Uh, and now the next week you're going up here to East Hartford to play uh, to play Connecticut. Uh, the setting's going to be a little bit different. I don't think they're going to reach that emotional crescendo this week. And like you mentioned, Moore is not only uh, covering numbers, he's winning games outright. I'm not sure they're going to win this game, but I, I think they're going to hang around and make this thing really, really interesting. 21-17 Liberty, well, maybe a little bit on the under two, but I'm definitely on the UConn side again. Like you mentioned, Jimmy, Eight and two against the number. They are providing plenty of value this year against the spread. You know, sometimes uh, the big boys who spend a lot more money and expend a lot more resources on one, uh, paying their coaches not to coach, but maybe take a little page of the book and what UConn did here. Because, Bruce, do you remember when they hired Jim Moore Jr.? It was tomorrow, this day, last year. Oh, yes. Way ahead. And I'm like, I'm scratching my head at the time, and I'm like, what is going on? But – early signing period transfer portal he can secure his and start get a jump on compiling his roster it has worked i mean let's face it i mean it has really worked they are so improved uh from last year so a lot of people you know you come what are they really doing but hey look some of the more uh, innovative offensive ideas all start at the lower levels because they have to scheme they just can't run you over so Kind of wanted to think of, hey Auburn. I know they spent a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe they can ask. Again, you know? yeah. But that, but I, I think that was, uh, it's working out. It is a different. It is a roster compilation is a different ball game with the transfer portal and that early signing period. That's an early start, noon kickoff. Liberty and UConn on CBS Sports Channel. Uh, Bruce, we talked about this one the other day, but you wanted to add on it. Uh, Penn State ten and a half over Maryland. Uh, Fox 3.30 uh, kickoff Eastern time. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of trends here. First of all, serious trends. So I'll elaborate that on a, upon that in a second. Five and one straight up and against the spread last six for Penn State. The only loss in there was in the COVID year against Maryland. So they've had the Terps number. Now, uh, we're in the second half of the season now, and that has been a bad time for Mike Loxley at Maryland. Now, they have usually, their pattern is pretty pretty similar. They have a soft non-conference schedule, and their first one or two Big Ten games are usually pretty formidable. Um, they gave Michigan a pretty good fight um, in that game, even when two his brother got hurt, and the backup came in and looked pretty good. But inevitably, once Maryland gets to midseason in recent years, they start to tail off. It could be a depth uh, issue that is certainly a possibility when the injuries start piling up but for whatever the reason since midseason on since Loxley got there they're two and 18 against the spread in regular season that's after the fifth game and uh, I, I went after like the third game in the COVID year but uh, they they fade every year and they're doing it again they couldn't do anything last week against Wisconsin yeah. James Franklin and we mentioned this on the podcast the other day uh, he still might have a bone to pick with Maryland. We know he was mad at the way that unraveled when he was supposedly the heir apparent to Ralph Friedgen in 2010. Friedgen left, but then things got a little bit jumbled, and all of a sudden Maryland's not hiring Franklin. He goes to, to Vanderbilt. He was not happy about that. And when he had a chance to take out some frustrations on uh, Maryland in recent years, he has done it. And he's kept his foot on the pedal. He had a 59-0 game a couple of years ago, 66-3. I mean, he has really run up the score on these guys when he's had a chance. This is a very light spread. And and even irrespective of that, the way Maryland's going right now, the offense is stalled. 
uh, and Penn State's looking for a better bowl bid. Um, uh, they'll be down one of those nice Florida games on New Year's, I think. But uh, every all indications go here for Penn State. Uh, 41-20 Penn State. I think they easily handle this 10.5 on a Saturday in Happy Valley. All right, uh, that one is at 2.30. Yeah, Maryland, It's uh, they're not the same team that went toe-to-toe with Michigan uh, early in the season and, uh, and really moved the ball uh, like in, in the interior line with uh, uh, Tungvaloa uh, to his little brother going out, you know, getting hurt in that game. That altered that game. So uh, Maryland not playing at that level anymore. That's Fox, two, uh, Fox 330 Eastern kickoff. Another well, Fox's little brother, Fox Sports 1, FS1, 330 Eastern kickoff in the Big Ten. We'll stay there. Wisconsin is now the favorite uh, at Iowa. 1-35, and 35, the Jim Leonard experience. Again, we talked about this when he was uh, branded the interim. He was the least interim. I think things, the way it's gone, I think they're going to keep him after this year, Bruce. I think so. Uh, I mean, they used they like to hire, you know, from within and somebody who's familiar with it. That's, uh, you know, Chris had been there when they brought him back from, from Pitt and, uh, you know, Bielema had been there on, on, on Barry's staff and all that. Um, so I, you know, Leonard is a Wisconsin guy. He'd been on, he played there, you know, and he'd been on the staff. I, I think they, they want to hire him if, if they have a reason to. And I think he's been kind of giving them a reason to uh, consider Three and nice, one. Yeah, and uh, and uh, they've looked good enough, and I think I think that's what they want to do. However, by the way, I love the total here. I mean, this is like an NFL preseason total, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but I, I was playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, the offense has perked it up uh, a little bit lately, and uh, at this moment, uh, I'm not sure that Iowa isn't the best best team in the uh, Big Ten West. That was very impressive against uh, Purdue last week. Right, destroyed Northwestern the week before that. So, I mean, if, if Iowa can score some points, which they have been the last couple of weeks, and we know that defense is good, I think Iowa's got a shot here. Uh, 21-15 Hawkeyes, I think they can do it. I think right now they're the best team. And who knows? I mean, with Illinois falling down last week, I know they've got the tiebreaker in Iowa. But some strange things are happening in the Big Ten West this season, and uh, Iowa is not completely out of this thing yet. So I think they'll They'll continue this push the way they've been scoring a few more points in recent weeks, and I lean that way on Saturday. Yeah, back-to-back turnovers to start the game uh, for Purdue uh, created easy uh, short field for Iowa. It was 14 nothing right out the chute, and then they just leaned on them the rest of the way. Uh, so uh, Iowa and uh, Petrus with a couple of touchdown passes last week. How about that? All right, Bruce, um, Friday night. Friday night we got uh, Fresno State and UNLV. In Las Vegas, your town there, uh, 10.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 local kickoff in Las Vegas on CBS Sports Channel. Fresno State, a healthy Hainer, makes a difference. Uh, not uh, ten, what, Nine and a half over UNLV. Yeah, um, you know, tale of two seasons here. UNLV would have loved to have caught Fresno back in September. First, when, when uh, Hainer got hurt. Uh, that September 17th game against SC, uh, one of those high ankle sprains, that was kind of tough. He was out for the next month, and a little bit more than that. And uh, Fife, the backup, was barely serviceable. He wasn't throwing. He only threw two touchdown passes all those games that he started. And UNLV had started off pretty well. I mean, look back. I mean, one win that has aged very well is that one over North Texas. Uh, but uh, after Brumfield got hurt and the defense started to get exposed, um, UNLV's season started to unravel in October. Brumfield came back last week against San Diego State. 
Uh, he didn't do much, though. And the defense played a little bit better, but that could be a function of San Diego State as well. And they lost again. So they're ready to bowl, blow bowl eligibility that they were talking about, and they haven't had since 2013 at UNLV. Marcus Arroyo, they've lost four in a row, four and five right now. Meanwhile, Fresno has turned things around. You talked about Hayner coming back last week. He was firing footballs all over the field. They blew out. They eviscerated Hawaii last week. And one thing about these point spread trends, we mentioned early, Fresno struggled, and they weren't covering numbers for a while. Uh, in fact, this went back right. to Tedford's last year in 2019. They had a string of like only three covers across a, a 16 games. But since then, since Hayner, just before Hayner came back um, and, and since Hayner's come back, they have been much different. They didn't cover that game against San Diego State a couple weeks ago, but it was a brilliant, it was an uplifting win the way they scored late to do it. They've got a lot of momentum. I think they're the best team in the Mountain West, West and I think they roll on Friday night. 38-19, the red wave in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, they'll have some fans there. And I think uh, right now, go with versus go against in the Mountain West. Freaking Bruce Marshall, uh, you know, just uh, you know, uplifting plus uh, plus two ninety on the money line. Okay, San Diego State wasn't uplifting for me. It kept me up at night, maybe Bruce, as I was trying to go to sleep a couple of Saturdays ago. Updated odds at Bet Rivers. Boy, how things change and things just stay the same, huh? Uh, Fresno State is second choice at plus 135 at Bet Rivers to win the Mountain West. Favorite, minus 143, Boise State. So, uh, Dirk Cutter has made a difference. You know, we talked about uh, Tulane in Central Florida as well, that game earlier. Those are the two uh, favorites also to win the American. Tulane now the favorite at plus 175. Central Florida, second choice at plus a 225 to get you caught up. And I was... Uh, if you liked LSU last week, I was saying 25 to 1 plus 2,500. They're down to plus 350. So a fraction of the price there. There's another one off the beaten path, and Bruce likes to cover, come up, cover, uncover these hidden gems, and we'll go down to South Florida. Florida Atlantic and FIU. Florida Atlantic, 15 and a half over lowly FIU. Yeah, and uh, uh, the Shula Bowl, as they call this. So a short drive from Boca Raton, about, what, 45 miles down into Miami for, uh, for FIU. Now, uh, I, we mentioned Mora a second ago. Mike McIntyre has done a similar sort of job at FIU. They, uh, that's one of the uh, win totals we liked back when, in, in the summer. We thought just because McIntyre's there, they've got to be better. Right. Uh, he's got this team with a, a chance to get bowl eligible, and they're not as good as UConn. UConn did beat them, but boy, he he scratched out a few other wins, and and you can tell coaching matters. And McIntyre has helped Florida International this year, so they're four and five. But uh, the Shula Bowl has been the property of the Owls of FAU in recent years, and this really started when Lane Kiffin got there. He he decided, you know, one of his first things was, okay, we are definitely going to own this series, and then we're going to go elsewhere. And he destroyed FIU his three years uh, at Florida Atlantic. Then he leaves. Willie Taggart comes in. And these last two years have been a little bit up and down for Taggart. But he has kept that going against FIU. It means something for the Owls to own Miami. He's beaten them a total of 96 to 40 the last two years. Two blowout wins. So it's five straight wins and covers in this series for FAU. And Kosey Perry, the, the quarterback, transferred in from Miami. He is finally really starting to, to, to pick up the pace here for uh, Willie Taggart. And I think uh, the, the, the fact FIU is still on some short rations offensively, uh, this is a number that the uh, FAU can handle. So we'll take the Owls down there, 32-13, uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, maybe a little look at the under two. Uh, uh, Taggart has been an under coach since he got there, but 
He takes care of business in Florida Atlantic, takes care of business in the Shula Bowl. It'll happen again on Saturday. All right, Bruce Marshall, the goal sheet is picks this week. Again, uh, Tulane, a minus one and a half in that battle down in New Orleans, uh, the top two teams uh, in the American. Uh, Oregon-Washington over 73. Over 73, both uh, Bruce and I like Mississippi State plus 17 at home against the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Fresno State Friday night minus nine and a half. UConn plus 14 and a half. A little, maybe a little emotional letdown for Liberty following up that big Arkansas win. Penn State minus 10 and a half. Florida Atlantic minus 15 and a half. And then Iowa plus the one. For Bruce Marshall, executive editor of the Gold Sheet, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.